Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time in listening to one of these episodes of this show, my purpose is I like to interview entrepreneurs from all different types of backgrounds who do many, many different things with the hope that both you and the audience and me will find little nuggets of information or some inspiration that will help us in our entrepreneurial journeys. And so I talk to entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, and people who have jobs but have that entrepreneurial spirit inside the company. And every single time, My goal is to get them to open up and share a little bit of advice about what they think you should do to be able to be more successful on your job as an entrepreneur. And today is going to be no different. Today, I am really excited because I have with me Jane Duber, and she is from the Global Experts Accelerator. And the thing about this woman is that she takes average entrepreneurs and helps them create leverage so they can grow their businesses to the next level. She says leverage is really the key, so I'm going to find out what we mean by leverage before we're done here. So Jane, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Awesome, Tom. I'm glad to be here. I love this show, so it's an honor to be here. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I I like people who love this show. So I don't really read those bios that people's PR people send me. So why don't you tell everybody who is Jane and, and what makes you cool? That's super fun. I love that. I get to do a self-introduction. So um, so I guess, you know, for the audience, what might be relevant and why I might have something interesting to say about business is um, so over the course of the last 31 years, my husband and I have built and grown seven businesses. And in that journey, we've had the opportunity to really, you know, make tons of mistakes and bump up against a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Welcome <laughs> but, um, to the club. Welcome to the yeah. club. That's like the story yeah. of all of our lives. Yeah, but I get a badge because I've done it seven times. So right? what types so, of what types um, of businesses what I love to do in these kinds of interviews is So what types of businesses have you guys built? Oh my gosh. So it, it runs the gamut. I would say um, with the exception of one, which was interesting, they all run the gamut of personal development and entrepreneurship. So from the first business, we started with 5000 bucks around our kitchen table. We taught uh, women who to basically create a, a home-based business. And so we were in the entrepreneurial space way back in 1987, teaching women how to have their own business. Nice. Um, all the way through to today. Yeah, it's it, honestly, I got to say, Tom, that's one of my greatest passions. It's, I believe entrepreneurship is the 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 greatest path to transformation personally, as well as financially. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's been, it's been a great journey. Fast forward to today, Mario and I are here in Pebble Beach running three businesses out of our, our uh, home and loving every single minute. You could live in an uglier place than Pebble Beach. <laughs> well, so we have a theme and it's design it the way you want it. So oh, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. And I yeah. think that's the reason people listen to cool things entrepreneurs do is they want to be able to design a life that allows them to do whatever they want, whether it's, you know, have more time with their children or live in a cool place like Pebble Beach or, or whatever that is. So what led you into this life of serial entrepreneurship? I mean, did you start right out of, you know, the womb as an entrepreneur or did you have regular jobs along the way? No, I was a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, no. So 
Um, I love the, the question. So <laughs> my dad was an entrepreneur. So I, I got to grow up in an entrepreneurial family, which, you know, it's about taking risks. It's about having a playful relationship with money. It's about, you know, um, finding your passion and going after it. So my dad modeled that and he had multiple businesses, started out very poor, ended up um, having helped thousands of people. And so that was, you know, I knew when I was growing up that I, I was unemployable, that I didn't want to have a job. And so I went to college with that intention. I went to, I got my master's in business with that intention and then started my first business right out of grad school. Wow. That's, I mean, I think that's awesome. I wish I had had the guts to do that. I think I always wanted to, but I never had that, that, uh, example. My dad worked for an insurance company for 45 years and retired with a gold watch. And, uh, wow. so I, I kind of wow. was taught that that was the path to go. And, you know, I'm, I'm in my fifties. There was not a lot of examples of, Hey, go your own way, create your own thing in the world without necessarily having to have the structure of a big company. I mean, when you, when you did meet an entrepreneur, they, they either had like a McDonald's franchise or they had already built a big company. The, the term solopreneur certainly didn't exist back in those days. And uh, so I never knew that you could do that until I was well into my probably my almost 40 if not more. Yeah. And so I wow. love I love the fact that, that you started early. People ask me when they interview me, do you have any regrets? And I only have two regrets in my whole life. And number one is that I never lived in New York City, which I guess I could remedy that. I've still got, you know, 40 more years to, to kick around. Uh, and then the other one was that I didn't start my own business until I was in my early 40s. Well, I didn't know there was anything else. Like really, honestly, I grew up in an environment where entrepreneurship was kind of the path that you took. So so yeah, I feel blessed around that, and it's that's what launched it all. So what do you love about being an entrepreneur? I mean, you must have looked at this. You must have friends who work for insurance companies and banks and accounting firms. What do you love about your life? Yeah, you know, I do have... Well, I would say like attracts like, so I would have to say most of my friends are, are in the entrepreneurial space. Um, but you, you know, got to have a neighbor who like, you know, works... Who have shared <laughs> values. What I love most about it is... <laughs> Yeah, I've got a couple. Yeah, I, I send them lots of love uh, because they need it. When, when you see them headed to that off. California commute, you think, <laughs> oh, God love you. Yeah. it's uh, To me, it's the freedom. Number one, it's the freedom. Like So whether that's the freedom for you to build a business from Bali with your, with your computer, or in my case, last week, I spent the entire last week with my mom, who's 90 years old and was having some health challenges, so I could pick up my life and go there and be with her. So... I think freedom is number one. Um, I think number two, really, Tom, is the fact that you determine your pay scale. Like, I can't even imagine what that feels like to be in a job where someone else determines your worth. <laughs> and in, you know, in our world, the market determines our worth by how well they respond to our marketing, how well they respond to our offers. So I love that. I, it's, it's to me, it's, it's a game we play and um, we get better and better at, at 30 years. You can get a little better at it. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, to me, that's, that's the fun of it. So what advice do you have for someone who's listening who's like, wow, she works from her house and she's got a couple of different businesses. She gets to work with her husband. I want that. What advice do you have for somebody who wants to, to make yeah. that change? Well, you know, so I'll tell you that the vice, the vice is born out of an experience, actually with the first business. So we took 5,000 bucks that was earmarked for my engagement ring. And my husband and I started that first business. And we actually grew it to about two and a half million over the course of a number of years. And we sold that business because, my, you know, on the outside, it looked fantastic. But Tom, behind the scenes, 
it was pretty painful. You know, we had the outside success, but we didn't have, um, we didn't have balance. My health was shot. My marriage was on the rocks. And so, you know, over 13 years, we had grown this business. So my, the lesson that I wish, you know, someone had pulled me aside and said, hey, by, by the way, Jane, you actually, you get to have this really kick-ass successful business and you get the life. You get to have the balance. You get to have the health. And so I would say, you know, it was a hard lesson learned. And, you know, after 13 years, um, I sold the business and kept the marriage and got my health mm-hmm. back on track. So, so you know, it was a happy ending to that um, very challenging story. Mm-hmm. But my advice to them is is to make sure that when you start out your business, that you're really clear about the life you want to live and set boundaries and and grow a business based on those values. And it'll be so much easier because I, I didn't do that the first time out of the gate. And it kicked me in the butt for sure. So then the second time out of the gate, after you sold the business that sort of took over your life, how did you structure it differently? How were you able to set up those boundaries? Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. So the second time out of the gate, um, actually, like I was so burnt, I needed a, a diversion. And so I actually started a business for a friend. <laughs> so he was a graduate school friend, crazy story. He had a um, abalone farm and we, we cultured an abalone pearl. I ended up um, on QVC breaking a, a six year sales record <laughs> in that time period. But I actually, so I built that business for him. I have, I have stock in that business. But what I what I learned was you got to go. Even though I was I was um, selling a product that wasn't mine, I found my joy and I found how it linked up with my principles and my values, and that was fun. You know, me supporting somebody else and having their dream come true was was rock star. So, so I think that was the second time out. I got a little bit better at third time, third business out of the seven. Then I, I think it was on steroids. That business was so aligned with my values and we set, I set the boundaries. We actually lived in uh, Hawaii to get, you know, my partners were in Hawaii. So we actually lived in Hawaii during that startup. And my son went to kindergarten in one of the little schools, but you know, that third time out of the gate, it was like, okay, now I think I've got it. Like nothing, nothing trumps your values and your, your purpose. And I know that that time I think about the people who might be listening and when they're when they're on that side of the early stages, that may seem out of reach, but you just have to be willing to say no to stuff that's not aligned. You have to be willing to take chances and take risks. And it, it it's remarkable what happens when you stand for that. So one of the things you teach entrepreneurs now is how to leverage. What do you you hear that term thrown around a lot? Leverage, leverage your business. Da, 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 da. What do you mean by that? And how can somebody who has, you know, let's use me as an example, somebody who's been in business for nine years. Uh, what does leverage mean? Yeah. So interesting question because actually, if you look up leverage in the dictionary, the the dis- definition sucks for entrepreneurs because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. So I've I've redefined leverage for entrepreneurs, and really what that means, Tom, is um, to it's the greatest return for the least amount of effort, right? And so interesting thing about that, in some cases, what can happen when you go for the greatest return and least amount of effort, the customer loses because in our world of entrepreneurship and expertise, we can pull ourselves so much out of the business that the end user or the consumer doesn't get the fullness of what we're here to offer. In our world, we really look for strategies like automating and creating online programs is one of my businesses. We have three three businesses now. So one is creating online programs. So that's taking your expertise and producing 
an online program that actually recreates the experience of working with you so the people that can't afford you can get a little, little bit of your work. Or if you want to go global, you have to have something that your clients can experience um, outside of your maybe high-end coaching, high-end kind of consulting. So that's, that's just one example of how we teach people how to take their genius and create a leveraged model that serves the client, but also brings that recurring automated revenue that they're looking for. Makes sense? Well, I think so. So when you work with when you work with a business and try to find that way to leverage and create sort of that different offering that can can go to that different group, how do you get the person? Because like my problem is is that I'm so focused on my main part of my business that I'm always scared to take the eye off the ball. How do you get somebody to be able to focus? on creating something new that really does yeah. that leverage. Cause I get, I get scared to do what you just said cause it takes me full time to run what I'm doing and I'm scared. It's going to suck the time away from me. Yeah. So it is going to take some time. That's for sure. Um, so uh, let me give you an example. I have a course that I created in 1996 that I still receive a residual income from today. Um, I have one course, you know, so that created in, in 1998, I created a program that we've certified. So I get that. And so part of that is number one is your own psychology of making sure that you really get what's the end game. Because if you're so clear about what the end game is and how it'll serve you and your family and your loved ones long term, you then can create the space. That's that's number one. Number two is you got to use a system that doesn't take you so much time. Like most of the challenges right now, people say they want an online course and they're basically making it up. You know, they're, they're, it's an intuitive hit. I'll, I'll try and include this and that. And so, you know, for us, our philosophy is if I figure out something, I'm going to quicken the path to success. So it's about templates for course design. It's about doing a, instead of you figuring out the technology, it's about hiring a get it done service. So, you know, we can take that time that it would normally take and squish it down into the smallest amount of time where actually the end game is so, so great given the little bit of time that you're putting up front. Hmm. Thank I you. Mean, we, That's, I, I, yeah, mean, I, mean, I, I get that. That's probably the best way to do something like that. That's good. So, my, my next question is, so one of the things I teach and talk about when I go into companies is a program I call the Paradox of Potential, because potential is something we get all excited about. Oh my gosh, I started a new business. It could grow huge. And the real reality is potential does not equal results. And so for a lot of people, they never see you know, the, the results that they could have had. What do you think the difference is between entrepreneurs who achieve great things and entrepreneurs who don't? when they both start out with the same potential. What's that delta? Gosh, that's great. So side note, I like so want to see anything that you have that that shows me what you're talking about because that sounds like such a juicy topic and so many people need it. So Yeah, it actually it is actually um, something I I wait, let me jump is. let me jump back in here. It's something I came up with a year ago and I called it the paradox of potential and it grew my business by about 30% because all my old clients yeah. wanted it and all the new clients, that's what they want. They all want to bring me in to talk about the paradox of potential. So I'm still, uh, I've, I've interviewed like 300 people, 400 people. I'm still in the process of, of gaining all of the research that's behind it. But it is a fascinating topic because uh, it relates to everybody. Now, most, of, most people think, yeah, I could be doing yeah. more. My, most people say I could be doing more in my career. And yet everybody has different things that is ho are holding them back, which means they need different solutions. So it's not, you know, companies always want like one solution that'll solve everybody's problem on their team. And that's not realistic. So, yeah. So, so yeah. why do you think people cross that gap? 
Yeah, so here's what I will say. Like, I think the end thing and what a lot of people might say is action, right? Taking action, getting out there, you know, um, in Gary Vaynerchuk, the hustle thing. <laughs> but I will say that, like, I don't I think that's just too simple. It's it's too high level. And so I would say, like, follow me here. There's three there's three levels that I think leads to that paradigm. Um, and the, I would say before action has to come courage, right? You got to have that courage, the willingness to take the risk, the willingness to fail. So courage is everybody's wanting more courage so they can take action. The challenge is how do you how do you muster up the courage? And so what I have found that uh, what what leads to courage is really sort of um, confidence. So it's it's your ability to do the thing that you say you're going to do, and and so the confidence leads to courage, which leads to action. But but at the base of that, Tom, before even confidence comes in is clarity. So in our world, we think of this trajectory and you go, you know, first step is to get clear and what, what you deliver, what it is you're creating, what are you moving towards? So that clarity is the first step. Clarity then leads to that confidence. Like, okay, well now I think I've got this. I know where I'm moving. I think I can, I can, I can do this. And then that, that really then spurs on the courage where they make the phone call, they attend the event, they approach the prospect, and that leads to the action. So, so many people talk about action, it kind of drives me crazy because there's so much underneath that that gets people to take the action. So that's my little three-part formula oh, for I taking th- action. I actually think that's great. I kind of want to repeat that. So first you need clarity, then you need confidence, then you need courage, then you take the action. Exactly. I think that's exactly. awesome. I think that's yeah. a, that's a, something I'm. I wrote it down. I put it on a sticky, and it's going to sit here on my computer until awesome. I till I get some more clarity and <laughs> confidence and courage. Hey, I've got some more questions for you, Jane. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Hey, Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Jane Duber. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over right now to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Jane, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? Oh, great question. Um, I would say the coolest thing that we're doing with our business right now is really, really getting clear about the dream team. You know, I got to tell you, um, if if a team is leveraged, there's a couple different elements of leverage, but one of them is you've got to have a team. And so I think, you know, we have this this, um, mantra within our team that's completely different than what you might find elsewhere but that is that the individual's vision always trumps the business vision. And what I mean by that is, you know, if every person on my team doesn't see how their vision links up with our vision, I'm screwed because they'll go on to the next thing. They'll go out and find somebody else to work with. So I think one of the coolest things that we're really doing is really supporting each of the team members, whether they're an independent contractor and they do 10 hours a week for us or they're full time we're really letting them know that what you want your life to be and how you want to contribute here is absolutely essential to our bigger mission. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, like we're at this stage, we we did some great experimenting. We did some fun things 
Um, first quarter, we can talk about that. But um, I, I was in a transition last year. And so we just made some decisions to change things up the first quarter of this year. And from that, we're now redefining what our vision is. Like I'm a, I'm a girl who teaches people you got to have a vision. We're redefining it midstream here in second quarter. And in order to do that, we're really finding out what does each team member contribute and what's their individual vision. So to me, that's pretty cool because it's all about serving the people that are serving us. So let's talk a little bit about your business, your main business that you have right now, helping these entrepreneurs find find the leverage. Who's the ideal client for you? Who do you, who do you seek out and, and who seeks out you? So what's interesting, so now that I've been at this long enough, Tom, I can have sort of this model that actually serves a couple different levels. Um, what I learned about myself last year is we have programs that an individual can come in if they can't work with us privately. They can come in and for as little as 600 bucks, they can go into a program and, and get some great value. We're really good. Obviously, if we teach e-learning, we're really good at delivering online programs. So they can come in that level. Then on the other hand, you know, what was really um, kind of on my heart is I wanted to take a small group of entrepreneurs and go deep. Like I was frustrated that they, they had this vision and they weren't implementing. So the other side of the coin is the turnkey CEO program. And this is where my team and I, we go in, I act as a CEO and we do it for a short period of time, usually two or three months. And um, it's really getting done that they haven't been able to get done, but they get my, my, my tech team, they get our online business manager, our ops person. So we literally, it's like SWAT team. We go in, we set some intentions and in a period of about like three months, and this totally the core of my business, but I guess for my for your listeners, what I want them to see is, you know, everybody tells you to have the product mix and the offers, and it doesn't have to be all in one bucket. We have the low end and we have the high end, and we can serve well in each of those areas. So mix it up, like go with your heart. If you if you want to have like that experiment and try something out, that was a total experiment for us. But it worked and we love it and we'll do it here and there. But anyway, that that's I, I would say that was my big aha was have something for a broader audience. I think that I think that's great. So, Jane, I love to ask the people who come on the show who it is they admire, because I think entrepreneurs are observers. And I, we could talk about Jane and the great things that you and your husband are doing all day long. But I think it's fun to find out who do you look at and think, wow, that person, they're doing something cool. I love it. Well, I mean, I would say um, I think I think entrepreneurs to be in a group of, of mastermind peers, and so you're in that opportunity. So I'm a part of a mastermind, and every December we get together, and so I get an opportunity to kind of know them on a personal level, but I get to see what they're doing throughout the year. Um, gosh, there's there's so many. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, you could go to the ones that are public, like the Richard Branson and. Um, Tom Bill Yu is, I, I love him. He's doing some really cool things. He left Quest and now he's doing the things. Um, but there's also draw more inspiration from, you know, just the person who's created a great life and it may not be so public. And in my mastermind, I've got a lot of people who are multi six figure, multi seven figure. And um, I think what I admire most about them is it doesn't have to be so public, you know, they're behind the scenes, have a great life. And those are the people that I admire most because that's that's my value is to create kick-ass businesses, but have this really rich, meaningful life. So you kind of admire the the millionaire next door type. So the last... <laughs> 
So the, the last question I have for everybody is I think great entrepreneurs do want to do more than make money. I think people want to leave their mark and contribute. So I love to ask people, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, are you asking what the mark is that I want to leave? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? You get that piece. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if for me, I will tell you, Tom, that, that my personal mission in my professional life is really to transform the entrepreneurial experience um, because it can be the most rewarding and amazing experience that you have. It can change your life forever, but it also can be a shit show. I don't know if I can say that on your, on your podcast. <laughs> you can really say that. Can, yeah, it can be a really difficult experience. And so having gone through this seven times and having gotten it better every single time, I would say that the marks that I want to leave on the world is really to champion entrepreneurship on a global scale, like make sure that everybody knows this is an option. And then once they, they take the leap is to make sure they do it in a way that, that really allows them to have this life that they want instead of working themselves into a job. So that's, <laughs> that's the mark I'm leaving. That's awesome. Hey, Jane, if somebody's listening to this and they need to find out more about you, they want to find out more about the Global Experts uh, Accelerator, how do they find you? So here, I'll give, I'm going to give two because um, one is the website, so globalexpertsaccelerator.com. You can go there, see my story. You can kind of see what we're up to in the e-learning space and in the world of using assessments for marketing. Um, I'm also going to give them another option because I know that one of the most important things for people is to know where you are on your on your path to entrepreneurship. And so we've created an assessment because we use assessments all the time. We've created an assessment. It's called rockyourbizquiz.com. Mm -hmm. And here's why I'm going to encourage your people to take a look at this because where where you are on track is going to determine your success. So this assessment takes about four minutes to complete rockyourbizquiz.com four minutes to complete and at the end of that not only do you find out where you're rocking it where you're scoring yourself eight nine ten you're also going to have an opportunity to see where you're scoring yourself on the lower level like two three four and it's all good you know your score is your score but the most important thing is you leave that experience of taking the assessment getting really clear about wow these are the missing pieces that are holding me back so that's my gift to your people and and obviously depending on where you are the cool thing is is we'll know where you are and from that point forward we can support you and give you some groovy little things you can <laughs> do to support the places that are the missing pieces that is great. Well, Jane, thank you so much for being a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I got to say, Tom, I love your energy. I've, I've been a fan of your podcast for quite some time. So meeting you at the New Media Summit was really, really fun. But um, I got to say your energy and what you're bringing to your audience is awesome. So honored to be here. So thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every single time. If it wasn't for the audience we wouldn't have a show. So thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do family. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, it's Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. On Twitter, at Cool Podcast. You can find out everything about me at TomSinger.com. And if you want to join the group coaching program, the Potential Mastermind Project, just jump over to PotentialMastermind.com and you'll find out all the information you could ever need right there. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Jane. But in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go out there and have a great day. 
Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>